to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, friends and family, to episode 83 three of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Welcome back, guys. Glad to have you. Uh, Patreon listeners have been listening for a while now. Uh, Either that or they've already turned it off. <laughs> we've, uh, we've restructured our Patreon tiers as far as perks go. Um, I tried to get you guys a little more bang for your buck, I think. Yeah. Uh, one of those being that uh, it's all the, yeah, yeah, even even at a dollar um, donation, you guys are getting early access to our episodes. Now, for us, no? Early access is $5. It is? Yeah. I thought we were going to... We can't give everything away. Yeah, whatever. Okay, $5. $5 uh, gets you early access to our episodes. Uh, and for us, because we record on Saturday and we release on Wednesday... Um, it, it, and you know, we usually have at least a two hour show that leaves very little time for editing. So, I mean, like literally guys, I'm finishing editing before I go to bed on Tuesday night and the show comes out on Wednesday. So early access for you guys means you're going to get a completely unedited grave flat podcast. Um, for better or for worse. Yeah. <laughs> now that's going to mean that you, there's, there's no editing um there's no music um but you know you guys get essentially the show itself completely early like or i think probably do next day I mean, might as well i whenever you can put it up yeah i mean that's that's you're, you're the audio guy so i'd say we yeah we'll have a uh, <clears throat> sunday sunday morning access to for you guys so you get a few days early that's super fucking early yeah um, no spoilers hmm? no spoilers <laughs> Uh, Don't be going on Twitter. You'll never guess what Skeletoni said. Scandalous. Click, click baby articles. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, do you want to talk about how our, our restructured tiers? Um, I mean, we. I mean, I don't want to, you know, waste too much time just breaking down the whole thing, but... Um, I mean, a lot of it's essentially the same, but we've we've moved some things around uh, and added, added a couple, a couple things. things. Um yeah, like this. This is our first ever Patreon picks episode, mm-hmm. and initially we set that up at the five dollar tier. Going forward, we're going to make the one dollar tier uh, eligible for Patreon picks episodes, as well as we're going to let Patreons pick our um, those peas are popping. Um, <laughs> pick our move, move, move back our audio or uh, video reviews that are Patreon exclusive. Right, you figure you know if they're paying for them. They might as well get to pick what they want to see. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're trying to. I mean, while we we definitely appreciate the people that donate at higher levels, we really want to show some love to the people that donate at the lower levels too, because we appreciate you all equally. Um, so, um, yeah, if you guys are interested, Taylor, where can they find uh, us? Uh, Patreon dot com slash Gravepot Podcast. Wow. Perks as little as a dollar, up to what was our twenty dollar tier. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we added uh, shop discounts to all of our. Well, all of our no uh, five, ten, and twenty. Okay, yeah. So it, it's an ascending discount. It's the discount is the percentage of the dollar amount. Right. So, um, yeah, go check us out. And Maxed off at twenty. I mean, if you want to give us a hundred dollars, well, actually, if you want to give us a hundred dollars a month, I'll give you a free shit. Fuck. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you uh, maybe a couple shirts i mean the 20 dollar tier does come with a free t-shirt now so right um 
I know when we announced our, our Patreon to begin with, saying there's going to be like a Patre- Patreon exclusive shirt. I like as opposed to the stickers where that's just like time consuming and I haven't had time to do it. Honestly, with the sh- the Patreon exclusive shirt, I just haven't come up with anything yet. Um, I'm still trying to come up with an idea, but I mean, until that happens, yeah, I mean, you guys have your, your free choice of, uh, a shirt from the grave plot shop. So, yep. Um, and you can join the ranks of Max Zaleski, Kevin Nesgoda and Kevin Trent. Yes. Who of course we appreciate immensely. We do appreciate them. When do we turn off Facebook? I don't remember. Uh, right before we get to, uh, um, horror business. Okay. Um, well, something that's not in horror business, but <laughs> I saw the news and I just had to talk about it, uh, mainly because of the picture. So, I mean, people listening, they won't appreciate this as much. <laughs> um, in uh, Ohio, this guy's facing multiple counts of, um, I don't know if uh, he's charged with domestic domestic violence. Assault, criminal damaging, and failure to disclose personal information because he tried to attack somebody with a fucking hatchet. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and the best part about it, look at this fucking guy. Oh, my God. He looks like bitter beer face. Exactly. Can you put that up to Facebook? Okay. Uh, fa- Facebook people, check this out. Bitter beer face. Guy's name is Noel Dawson Jr., 63 years old. Yo, you're the Dawson. <laughs> um, yeah, he's swinging a hatchet at a man on Sunday. I guess this means past Sunday. So, yeah. Um, and he missed and hit a truck instead, <laughs> badly denting the hood of the vehicle. Uh, the suspect just shouted obscenities when being arrested by an officer, according to court records. So this sounds like a fun guy. Yeah, really? <laughs> I just saw his face. I'm like, really? That's him? <laughs> That's a real person? <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, I wanted to throw that into our what unofficial pre-mains segment. Yeah. Um. How about that It trailer? Everybody's fucking talking about it. It's fine. That's it. It's not It's not great. People it, are hyped. Why? <laughs> why? It looks so fucking basic. There's nothing thrilling about it. I mean, the kids look like they're doing fine. I mean, they're all, they, they all seem like competent actors. Um... Pennywise still looks fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, but it's like, like I said, the trailer, it, it's fine. It's not great. It's not awful. It's fine. And that's, that's it's not better or worse. It's completely middle of the road. So why, why, this hype train, I don't fucking understand it at all. Like, I don't know what people are so excited about. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really get excited by trailers anymore. Just because, like, nine times out of ten, there's shit in the trailers that's not in the fucking movie. That's true. Yeah. So it's like... You gotta wait for the fucking Blu-ray to get those... Sometimes not even then. Yeah. yeah it's just so, like, I don't know. It's a trailer. Yeah. Could be cool. <laughs> exactly. It's a trailer. Big fucking deal. Yeah, it's like, trailers are specifically designed to make you want to see a movie. Yeah. That's their purpose. Yeah. 
So they're going to take the best parts of the movie and put it in the trailer. Right. But it's like, I don't want to see it any more or less now. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was kind of like exactly what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. I mean, there's kids and there's a clown. What, what else? I will say, though, I've seen it three times now. And every time Georgie whacks his head on the fucking sawhorse. I laughed my ass off. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Little idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I was really hoping for something like redeeming about it, but it's, you know, I see it and it's just like, yeah, it looks like it. I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, with, a, with a stupid Pennywise, I mean. I'm 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 not gonna stop harping on that because he looks fucking stupid. I love all the memes of like the scene where he his face like appears in the slides yeah. on like the woman's body, mm-hmm. and people are like, maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> <laughs> There's a video out there. I haven't watched it, but somebody spliced in uh, the cat in the hat. Like the I saw that. <laughs> so dumb. Did you actually watch it? Yeah. Is it good? It's so dumb. <laughs> like it's hilarious, but it's so dumb. <laughs> Is it like well done? Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. I I don't know. I think I'm just in the silent protest about, about it. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm it's so like they, fucking mad about it. They Pennywise. spliced in scenes from the Cat in the Hat movie. Mm, okay. So it's not like just the Cat in the Hat is Pennywise. But. Got it. Well, um, so I don't know what the fuck happened, but two Friday the 13th actors from the same Friday the 13th. Died recently, semi yeah. recently. Yeah. Well, apparently Gloria Charles, who played Fox, uh, apparently she died in December, but everyone is just now finding out about it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can understand that. I guess if the family kind of kept it quiet, sure, um, didn't want to make it into like a. I mean, she was in one Friday the Thirteenth Thirteenth movie, almost thirty years ago, but um, or no, over thirty years ago, uh. Of course, I don't know her her body of work. I guess I d- I saw she was in some other things, but I can't recall what they were. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I guess they probably just didn't want a lot of media attention. Um, and then Richard Brooker, yeah, who played Jason? Jason. Fuck, he was fifty eight. Really, that's all. Yeah, what happened? I, I I don't know. Um, I guess I should have spent some more time researching it, but. Yeah, I didn't see a, a cause of death for Gloria Charles either. She was pretty young too, right? Probably. Let's see. Died of a heart attack. Mm. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, Which is weird. <clears throat> you know, you keep hearing, because Richard Brooker, before he got into stunt work, he was uh, a gymnast. A gymnast. A gymnast? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, you know, you got to imagine this guy is, like, fucking fit. I mean, like, he takes care of himself. I mean, for, you know, see more recent pictures of him, he looks like he's still in pretty good shape or was in still pretty good shape. So, I mean, for a guy to just, at 58, to keel over a heart attack, it's so weird. And it's expected of somebody, you know, who's, like, obese or just uh, takes really shitty care of themselves. I mean, hopefully, hopefully he didn't get into any of that like Hollywood candy or anything. <laughs> Hollywood. 
Uh, yeah, I mean that that would be a shame. Um, of course, I mean maybe maybe he was a smoker. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's a bummer. I mean, serious bummer. I mean, shit. Uh, fucking um, Ted White's still alive. Yeah, he's had his mid sixties, late sixties somewhere. We saw there. him at Crypticon was that last year, or the year before. Um, I think, I think it was the last year. Before. Was or, last yeah, year? sorry, the year before. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because. Kane Hodder was there last year. Right. But, I mean, <laughs> I told my wife this when I read the article. I'm like, well, there goes my hope of getting autographs from all the Jasons. Mm, yeah. It's like, well, that's so sad for you. <laughs> like, I didn't mean it like that. It's just, <laughs> it just like, that's a bummer. It makes me sad. Yeah. And I, I think he's the only one, the only Jason that has died. At least that I could think of. I think of. so, yeah. Um, yeah. Because I don't remember the guy. Well, there are two different guys played him in part two. And Brooker. And CJ Graham. And Ted White. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're all alive. Derek Mears. And uh, who's the guy in Pretty vs. Jason? Ken Kersinger. Yeah, Kersinger. Yeah. Bummer. Bummer. Condolences to his family. Indeed. Well, should we go ahead and get things started? I suppose. Let's do some horror business. All right, so in real world horror, um, you guys have heard us uh, many, many times. Just, just rail on Sharknado, like all the fucking movies. They're working on five, five now. Is yep. that what it is? Um, so fucking stupid. The premise is outrageous. It's completely stupid and so fucking unbelievable. Or is it? <laughs> uh, Real. <laughs> recently in Queen, Queensland, Australia. Cyclone Debbie caused a lot of flooding. Um, this caused millions of spiders to go looking for higher ground, including crawling over people's legs. You see these photos? No. If you have arachnophobia, don't fucking look at these photos. They're terrifying. Like literally, like thousands of spiders just all over these people's legs. Fuck. I, like I don't. I'm. I'm not arachnophobic. Is, is that a thing? I think so. Yeah, okay. that sounds right. Is that, is that a word? Um, but like. If I saw that many spiders all at the same time, I might poop myself. <laughs> Gross. I, th- I think a little pee might come out. <laughs> um, uh, but who cares about spiders? Get to the sharks. <laughs> in the town of Air, I guess. Air? Yeah, Air? <laughs> uh, a dead bull shark was found in the middle of the road. Uh, Those are the bad ones. The bad one? Yeah. Bull sharks. They're one of the most dangerous sharks in the world. Are they? Yeah. They're like incredibly aggressive and they're known to attack humans like on the reg. Well, that's fun. <laughs> um, Yeah. I mean, you know, I think people are more familiar with like great whites. And, sure. And, um, because of Jaws. Right. And God, what are those other sharks that... Hammerheads. No. They, they look like great whites, but they're smaller. Good whites. Good whites. <laughs> Okay, whites. 
medium whites. Fair whites. <laughs> um, I don't know what the fuck they're called. What do I look like? A shark guy? What am I, a sharkologist? <laughs> Some kind of shark person? Shark doctor? Um, but yes, uh, it was found in the middle of the road. So Cyclone Debbie straight caused a sort of sharknado. For real. <laughs> uh, That's fucked up, man. At least it was dead. So, yeah, at least it was dead. But it could have not been. Like, could you imagine if you just, like, after this cyclone, you're like, all right, time to go to work, and you get in your car, and you start driving along, you're driving along, you're driving <laughs> along, and there's a fucking shark in the road? It's a fucking nightmare. Land shark! <laughs> He's all like... <laughs> Too bad we don't have video going anymore. I was doing the left shark dance, guys. You know the left shark? Remember? Remember the left Remember shark? Remember from the Super Bowl a couple years ago? <laughs> Katy Perry... Remember? Remember what was really funny? Remember, guys? <laughs> uh, Queen Le- Queensland Fire and Emergency Services tweeted, I uh, think it's safe to go back in the water. Think again. <laughs> Qu- Queensland Fire and Emergency Services, or Queefs for short. <laughs> <laughs> they probably don't go by Queefs. They probably they probably don't like that. They probably don't want to be called queefs. <laughs> Should have thought about that <laughs> before they named the town. Before the district actually existed, or the department, or whatever they want to call province. Um. Yeah. Fucked up. So you just know that Sharknado Six is now going to take place in Australia. Oh yeah. This is and it's going to say. Inspired by true events. <laughs> right. This is totally opening things up for uh, asylum, and that's fucked up. Found footage Sharknado. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck us. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck our lives. Fuck this whole world. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck asylum. You're cool. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Fucking Sharknados, man. So in a weird turn, a Stephen King story is being adapted for the big screen. Whoa! Never happens. I know. So unusual. Uh, This one is actually a novella by King and his son, Joe Hill. Uh, It's called Throttle, and it's being optioned by the production company behind Holliston called A Bigger Boat Productions. Hey! Holliston. Hey! Hey! Um... Clearly got their name from Jaws, though. Clearly. See, when I when I first saw that, I assumed it had something to do with Steven Spielberg. Like maybe it was a subsidiary of DreamWorks or not DreamWorks, um Amblin or something, but yeah. I don't I don't think they are. Hmm. Is have they done movies before or is Hollison like the only thing they're really known for? You know, I could swear I've seen that name on other other things, but I, I really couldn't tell you. Huh. Um Maybe I can look it up. Well, Throttle uh, was originally published in 2009 as part of a Richard Matheson tribute, and it was inspired by Matheson's short story, Duel. 
Uh, it's about a motorcycle gang who are pursued across the Nevada desert by a faceless trucker hell-bent on revenge after a deal goes bad. Their battle is fought out on 20 miles of the most lonely road in the country, a place where the only thing worse than not knowing what you're up against is slowing down. Now, they made a movie called Duel. I'm pretty sure that's not what it's about, though. They did make a movie called Joyride, which this sounds very similar to. Joyride was very similar to Duel, at least as much as I remember it. Oh, really? Yeah, so... It's just a thing. Oh. And Maximum Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive too. yeah. Another Stephen King story. Right. <laughs> um, he seems to be uh, a little redundant. A little bit. Of course, when you've been doing it for, what, almost 40 years, maybe things get a little... <laughs> it's a lamp a monster. <laughs> uh, the theme of the story is about the relationship between a father and son, which makes sense because the book is written by a father and son. Mm, yeah. Yes. I'm I'm I mean I really honestly don't give a shit about the movie. I'm I'd be interested in reading the the novella because I I mean I like Stephen King and I like Joe Hill. It'd be interesting to read their work together. I wonder if they're going to like make their own publishing company called King of the Hill. <laughs> Cuz they should. They definitely should. Uh, John Scott III is going to write the screenplay. He is best known for writing the screenplay for Maggie, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Abigail Breslin zombie movie. Which wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. wasn't great. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. What, if you're just considering the screenplay, what would you say? Yeah. I mean, it was, it wasn't really horror. Not really. It was much more of like a, like, you know, touching story of father and daughter. And, and going through this harrowing ordeal, which in this case just happens to be the zombie virus. Right. So I guess it kind of fits with this. If the theme of this, this story is about a father and son, then it's kind of a similar realm. Right. Uh, let's see. So A Bigger Boat did... Let's see. They're the production company behind... Uh, Saw 6. Oh, good. <laughs> um, Frozen, like Adam Green's Frozen. Oh, not Let It Go. No. Uh, the Ward, I assume that's the one with... Um, uh, Amber Heard. That's the one. Um, Saw 3D. Oh, man. Holliston. And uh, now they're working on Saw Legacy, so... Hmm. So a few, uh, a few things. So the later saws and Adam Green stuff. Right. Anyway. All right. Neat. So is Adam Green going to direct this? <laughs> he was talking on a podcast about his new project. Well, I think his new project, he's, he's already finished it, hasn't he? Maybe there's a new, new project. <laughs> new news. Maybe. You never know. Uh yeah, and then he's also got another one with with his other son Owen that uh they're making into a TV show, right? Yeah, I was I I couldn't remember the details about that, but yeah, I I read uh, something Sleeping Beauties, right? I'm I, I I'm not familiar with Owen King's work. I mean, I know who he is, he obviously, but I've never read any of it. Yeah, I wonder how because. 
And then he's got another short story called My Pretty Pony that's being adapted, and it's going to star Jigsaw. Like Tobin Bell? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. No, the puppet. <laughs> I want to play a game. Well, it's like, I didn't, I didn't know you were talking about Jigsaw. I said Jigsaw. No, I, I didn't necessarily know what you meant. Oh. Maybe it was some kind of weird thing I'd never heard of. It's, you know, it's Tom Cruise's nickname. Oh. People don't know. Tommy Jigsaw Cruise. <laughs> uh, fun. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure Stephen King could like fart in between two pages and people would make a movie out of it at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially because it's already written. Um, I mean, his stories are uh, so full of uh, detail. And he, I mean, like his novellas, especially, I mean, they're so easily expanded on. And he's got so many of them. And this really prevents Hollywood from having to come up with something original. Yeah, heaven forbid. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. There you go. Beware of the blob. It creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor. Right through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch. Be careful of the blob. So who who wants to see a new Blob movie? Could be cool. Anyone? 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 I mean, do you want to see one? I was somewhat interested when Rob Zombie was attached, just because I was like, "How the fuck is Rob Zombie going to make a Blob movie? Yeah, how is he going to incorporate rednecks into a Blob movie?" <laughs> we'll just put it in Texas, and it writes itself. Yeah, fair enough. It's <laughs> a lot of Southern rock, and right. Um, Sherry Moon's ass. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're remaking the Blob again. Yep. Because uh, as you know, the original was came out in 1958, and then there was a re- remake in uh, 1988 by Chuck Russell, which most people like much better. Yeah. Didn't have Kevin Dillon in it. Did it? I think it did. I think it had. I think it had fucking drama in it <laughs> yep and shawnee smith so it did and dale and dale yeah i miss dale i don't give a shit about glenn dying i was so upset when dale died sorry spoilers <laughs> spoilers from a long time ago and bill mosley <laughs> um yeah, so, uh, yeah, like you said, a lot of people tend to like that one better. I think it's just because it's more modernized. Oh, man, the creepy dude from The Exorcist, or from the Poltergeist 2 was in it, too. The Reverend? Yeah. Oh. He played somebody named Puddle Soldier. Okay. That's um, a weird thing to be called. <laughs> Goldcrest Films has put a uh, teaser poster on their website, so I guess that... Gives indication that they're really trying to make this. Have happen. you seen it? No. It's literally just the words "the blob" on a black background. Well, I guess that's a teaser. <laughs> uh, I, I was this uh, IMDb. It's uh, Simon West who directed Con Air, The Expendables Two, uh, Tomb Raider, and When a Stranger Calls. What are you talking about IMDb? 
says he's listed as directing. Listed. Oh, on, on Goldcrest Films website. Oh, okay. Well, so there's there's that. Um, it's being uh, described as a terrifying reimagining. Oh, God. It's the most fucking overused word in Hollywood. Jesus. A terrifying reimagining of an enduring horror icon. Enduring? Really? Would you call it enduring? Uh, no, it wouldn't be the first word I come up with. Yeah, I mean, just because you're making a remake of a movie that's already been remade, by the way, um, doesn't mean it's enduring. It means you're fucking pulling it out of the cellar and putting it in front of people's faces. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, terrifying reimagining the enduring horror icon based on the 1958 sci-fi classic that starred Steve McQueen and has thrilled fans since. When a band of miners uncover something hidden deep beneath the earth, they unwittingly unne- unleash a hideous creature beyond imagination. Now the townsfolk must fight back before it destroys everything. Um, you know, the great thing about the 88 version and, and the 58 version was all, is, all, is practical. It's all practical effects. Well, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but I mean, when you see people get consumed by the blob it's real they're like actually getting cons- like taken in and consumed by real slime and th- you can almost almost be guaranteed that this is going to be cgi oh i'm sure so i mean i mean we we've said this to fucking blue in the face but it's like cgi just is not a replacement for practical effects that's fucking dumb <laughs> Especially um, something on this scale. Yeah, I mean, you're you're reliant on creating this monster that is a viscous blob, um, and to create something with CGI, you're basically going to be making like flubber from <laughs> from from the same movie. The, the movie of Flubber. Right. <laughs> the titular Flubber. Right. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I weep for this movie. Well, uh, I, I remember uh, when they were first talking about it, they were saying that Samuel L. Jackson was apparently going to be in it. Is he still... Is that still a thing? Well, uh, he was telling the Toronto Sun, <laughs> I've been running from or chasing King Kong... Godzilla, the Wolfman, whatever, since I was a kid, uh, we'd go home and pretend to do all that stuff. So oh, okay. I was going to say, I know he's in Kong, but when was he in Godzilla or the Wolfman? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we'd go home and pretend to do all that stuff, so I'm doing Kong for the same reason I'll probably be doing the blob. Probably. I just, <laughs> I just got a call the other day. Uh I just got a call the other day where the producers said they finally got money from China to do the blob. So, <laughs> Chinese finance movie. Is it is Goldcrest? Is it, are they Chinese? Fuck if I know. I couldn't even tell you what other movies they've done. They've done Sex Drive. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> Goldcrest involvements co-finance global sales and distribution. Okay. Well... So we'll probably get Samuel Jackson because he's fucking everything. Yeah. 
you know, that's a, how long ago was that joke made on oops, on um, Family Guy? Like 10 years? Probably. And it, it, it's almost it like... It still holds true. It, well, it's almost like he's trying to live up to it. Like a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> he's like, well, everybody thinks I'm in everything, so I might as well be. <laughs> yeah, it's true. How is he not the most, like, most wealthy actor in, in Hollywood, though? All the fucking movies he does. Because The Rock is. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so look out for the blob, guys, or whatever, or don't, or whatever. <laughs> I love for you. If you pass through, I'm the creature from the black lagoon. But I So speaking of remakes, uh, we all know about the Universal Pictures We Should Team Up Avengers movies. Uh, Which has been further explained in the most recent Mummy um, trailer. Did you did you ever see that? I know no. we talked about it. We, uh, I don't know. It, it's nothing special, like I said, but basically it's kind of revealed that Dr. Jekyll is... Uh, That's the one starring Jigsaw Cruise, right? What's that? That's the one starring Jigsaw Cruise. <laughs> Yeah. It's going to become a thing. <laughs> Just like Frank Gyllenhaal. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Um, we don't know people's real names. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how these things come up. How did we How did we arrive at Frank Gyllenhaal? You just said it. I did. And I was like, who the fuck is Frank Gyllenhaal? <laughs> <laughs> oh. The thing is, you knew it was wrong immediately. You were like, it, was, it starred Frank Gyllenhaal? No, not Frank Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the mummy, um, Russell Crowe is playing. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! It's Russell Crowe. Um, he's playing Doctor Jekyll, uh, who and you, you find out he's like the leader of something called the Pro- Prodigium. I think it's called. Um, which apparently seems to be like this group that hunts leg- monsters. Monsters, yeah. Try to think of a different way to put it, but like legendary or mystical creatures or whatever. And so that's how he becomes involved with Jigsaw <laughs> and the Mummy. Um, and- so is he going to be like in teasers at the end of every single movie? Like fucking Nick Fury. Oh, I'm sure. He's he's gonna be basically universal monsters. Uh, how how is that role not Van Helsing? I don't know. I wouldn't I, that I, make more sense? It would make more sense. Especially because Van Helsing is already a universal property. Yeah. Um but yeah, so Russell Crowe is basically gonna be uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Sammy Jackson. Um tying it all together. <laughs> and it comes around. So yeah, um, you know, there's uh, this whole, they want to build this whole universe of universal monsters uh, created by Chris Morgan and Alex Kurtzman. Uh, And it looks like their next project is going to be the creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, They have hired Will Beal, who wrote Gangster Squad and Aquaman, uh, to write the script. So apparently he's got an aquatic theme going. I guess. 
So is he the one that turned Aquaman into, into a fucking surfer, bro? Well, I mean, there there was a point when Aquaman looked like that, sort of. I mean, he was. Was there? Yeah, I mean, he like he. he I'm only familiar with the blonde Aquaman. So he was never a a Samoan or Hawaiian or whatever he is, um, or um, what's his face Momoa. Yeah, it's probably Samoan, I guess. Or no, no, he's Hawaiian. Um, but yeah, he was always blonde, but he looked yeah he had long hair. He was grizzled. He got his arm or he got his hand cut off and replaced it with a hook, like a harpoon hook. Oh, nice. Um. Yeah, and he had that look for years um, in, like, the mid-90s, late-90s, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, I'm only really familiar with the blonde Aquaman who looked like he just was just wearing a white T-shirt and then, like, mermaid pants. <laughs> well, he was always wearing, like, an orange shirt or orange. I thought I remember wearing white. Uh, I don't know. Nah, bro. Nah. <laughs> nah, bro? Nah, bro. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And he's got little fins on his boots. And his gloves. Right. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> Fucking Aquaman. I mean, I can understand why they made him look the way he did in the movie, or he does in the movie, um, but still so dumb. <laughs> but anyways, Creature from the Black Lagoon, that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, based on the 1954 horror classic that focused on a group of scientists on an expedition through the Amazon who discover a human-fish hybrid. Um a very short synopsis but it's ostensibly a love story sure yeah <laughs> the fish man yeah which is actually the creature's like colloquial name like you know people say it's the creature from the black lagoon but no that's the name of the movie the, the actual creature is named the fish man mm. uh, at least like <laughs> around the office you know <laughs> Just uh, dropping a little knowledge on you. A little knowledge bomb. Dropping eggs and knowledge. Yep. That's what I'm good for. So um, this will probably be a bunch of CGI nonsense, too. Oh, no doubt. I mean, do you think they're going to put a guy in a suit <laughs> again? I wish they would. I wish they would. Because he would look like a million times better than he did in the 50s, obviously. Yeah. Um, but they won't. No. They'll put a guy in a fucking motion capture suit and then just CGI hang him on wires to make him swim (laughs) yeah (sighs) yeah I mean I I can I can totally envision them doing exactly what they did with uh, Planet of the Apes yeah like they just have a guy like I said in one of those gray motion capture suits with the markers all over him the ping pong balls yeah yeah and uh, just you know, CGIing over him, which is sad. Yeah, I uh, I weep for the death of practical effects. Yeah, me too. In fact, I'm pretty sure it says that in my profile on our website. <laughs> it probably does. So So are you guys done with the purge? I'm done with the purge. <laughs> I'd like to be done with the purge. Too fucking bad. 
because womp, I, womp. because I tell you what, Blumhouse Television is bringing you the Purge TV show. But who's going to hype it up since Blumhouse's PR man now works for Trump? Really? Yep. Uh, well, I mean, I guess he's doing a good job. I guess somehow making making Trump look like a salvageable human being. I, I feel like the right people might finally be getting in Trump's ear because he's like apparently ready to fire Bannon. I've I've heard that, but I he he moved Bannon off the NSC. Yeah, he got. Devin Nunes to step down from this Senate invest uh, Senate Commission uh or Senate Intelligence Com- uh, Committee Committee Commission I don't know either way um and both of those things I don't know it's just a little too easy like yeah this happened way too easily uh so I th- I think Trump's up to something that's very possible uh but I mean for this guy made Blumhouse movies somehow appear to not be absolute shit. So. I'm wondering, are we sure we, that he just now hired him? Because he did quote the Purge's tagline in an interview. <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be his campaign slogan. Yeah. For 2020. Yep. Keep America great. Fuck us all, man, if he wins again. Jesus Christ. I... I I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I. I will be in a state of shock. Like, uh, yeah. Like, I. I won't know. I won't know what to do. Kind of like how I was the first time. <laughs> well, I think this might be worse because we be at that point will be compounded for me twice. Past four years. On me. <laughs> by the past four years of fucking disaster. I mean, look how fucking awful things have been so far yeah and it's been less than three months <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway the fictional purge right um so they're making a tv show uh launched with the backing of itv studios well, they're um, making their own did you say they're making their own studio no did you say, oh, they, well they are <laughs> okay blumhouse television well that's neat btv can't wait. Uh, this is going to be the first show. Will be the purge, and their uh, the purpose of Blumhouse t- TV will be to finance and produce both scripted and unscripted genre shows. I wonder if they're going to. I wonder if this is going to take over uh, Elevator. Oh, probably. Because I mean, I imagine Blumhouse probably licensed that out. Licensed that license. Licenses, licenses, <laughs> Jesus, Roads. <laughs> Roads. <laughs> um, to Game Show Network. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong, but anyway, um, I mean, it's under the Blumhouse banner already, so I imagine they'll probably just move it to Blumhouse TV. Right. Um, Blumhouse will be producing the Purge TV series with Universal Cable Productions, and the plan is that they will show the. The show will air on both USA and Sci-Fi. What? Why? Yeah, I don't know. Is it like at the same time, or like live on USA and then like reruns on Sci-Fi or something? I guess I have no idea. Uh, That's odd. <laughs> Syndicated on Sci-Fi. I mean, I know Sci-Fi will run 
um, actually USA does it too, but like they run uh, syndicated episodes of like NBC shows. Could be that then. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, Tommy Blum. <laughs> Tommy. Uh, said that we or said we are excited that with the launch of this new studio, we are expanding our partnership with NBC. Ah, God damn it, NBC Universal by growing the Purge franchise into a television series, and are grateful for the incredible support of Blumhouse overall. Wank, 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 wank. Dude, seriously, the Purge sucks. This this is fucking dumb. And the Purge is supposed to be one night a year. How are they going to turn that into a TV show? Yeah. Is every episode going to be a new year? Or is the whole season going to take place over one night? Over one night? Like 24? And then like, are the season's going to be like, each season will be a year? <laughs> so it'll almost be like an anthology? I don't know. I don't have the answers. Um, or I guess, you know what they could do is the, the season could take place over one year, but then each episode could be like different people on the same night. I suppose. That's an idea. But essentially, you'll be writing, you know, let's let's say that one season has 13 episodes. You'll be writing 13 stories a year. Yeah. Like 13 completely individual stories. Yeah. And like, uh, I don't know, that might get taxing. It might. Well, maybe maybe they will do that, and then they'll just get tired and stop stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> one can hope. Uh, franchise creator James DeMonico will be overseeing the series, uh, and it will be executive produced by Platinum Dunes. Oh, Jesus Christ, Blumhouse and Platinum Dunes? Well, they made the, the movies. Did they? Yeah. Remember when you made me watch fucking Purge Anarchy, and that was the first thing I said? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucker. Um, Purge is shit. Purge is not good. It's so bad. The first one was okay. The rest are all bad. It's so bad. It's duty cocky. But The Purge 4 comes out July 4th, 2017. Mm. So, get hype. Yeah. So we've talked before about the uh, movie adaptation of the 1980s arcade game Rampage and how it's going to star Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. They're back. Dwayne. Uh, and also, uh, they also added Joe Manganiello. Man- Manganiello. I can't say his name. Manganiello. God, no, no. He's a Manganiello. It's a hard G? Manganiello. No, it's like, it's almost... Manganiello? Almost non-existent. Manganiello. (laughs) Manganiello. Fucking Italian names. Uh, Sometimes they're difficult. Also, Malin Ackerman, who uh, was in uh, The Final Girls. Um, And also, Jake Lacey, who played Plop in The Office. (laughs) Plop. (laughs) I don't remember that. I was in the later seasons when him and Clark Duke, they were like the, uh, the interns. Okay. His name was Pete, but everybody called him Plop. <laughs> I don't remember that. 
Uh, well, their newest addition to the cast is one that I'm personally pretty fucking stoked about. Negan himself, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, oh, yeah. is joining the cast as Agent Russell, uh, who works for a covert government division called OGA and rolls with serious swagger and attitude. So Negan. So Negan. Yeah. <laughs> um, for those of you unfamiliar with Rampage, uh, there are three giant monsters wreaking havoc across North America, and The Rock is the only hope of stopping them. Who else? Because, who, of course. Who else would save us? Like, who, like, yeah, exactly. Like, if, if this were to happen in real life, you'd be like, what do we do? We should call The Rock. Yeah. It's like, if I'm stuck down a well, I'm like, I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, I hope The Rock comes. <laughs> like, we're going to lower your ladder. No, get The Rock! <laughs> <laughs> He wants us to grab a rock or something. I don't understand. Uh, the film is on track for an April 20th, 2018 release. Uh, so you got another year to wait. Sorry. Womp womp. Um, this is being directed by the same guy who directed um, San Andreas. So it's a little bit of a uh, reunion of sorts. All right. San Andreas wasn't that good. Um, so I'm hoping that Rampage is better. Do we know? I mean, we've talked about it a few times. Do we know what kind of movie it's going to be? I mean, it's. I think it's mostly going to be an action movie, but the director did say that uh, it's going to be scarier than people think. Okay, so I, I was thinking maybe they'd go for like kind of a lighthearted type thing, but because that's kind of the the feel of the game. Yeah, doesn't sound like it. No, because he worked on uh, uh, that one Blumhouse and WWE movie. Um, f- fudge. <laughs> um, it's a, something with an I. I want to say uh, Incarnate. That's what it is. Oh, with, with Eckhart. Eckhart, yeah. This guy's weird looking. <laughs> he is weird looking. <laughs> What's he looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Two different things, I think. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, like I said, he said it's going to be scarier than people think, and it's it's a monster movie at heart. I think is what he called it. So okay, they should get Alexander Daddario, get the whole San Andreas crew back together. Yeah, and her bikini. Sure, why not? She's in a bikini in San Andreas. I mean, maybe she could play Lizzie. When Lizzie's not a giant lizard. Yeah, when she turns back into human. And she's in her underwear. Or she's being naked. (laughs) Or or just naked, yeah. Probably go better. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, check that out on Hitler's birthday, 2018. Hey! 420, bro! Smoke that herb! Light it up! I fucking hate this state. <laughs> Honestly, since they legalized it, nothing has changed. Except now my whole fucking apartment complex reeks like pot like all the time. It didn't before? No. Hmm. Well, in Seattle, nothing's changed. Yeah. Yeah. Capitol Hill especially always reeked like pot. Like, yeah. like it's just in the air. Yeah. Anyway. So is that it? That's it. All right, that's horror business for you guys. Hooray! Yay! So, I guess we'll just do some reviews. 
Yeah? That's what we do. All right. Let's do it. Moving right along. All right, we got two movies for you, um, picked by our Patreon patrons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Well, technically picked by us, but we picked from a list. Yeah, they they were able to nominate movies, and then we picked. Yeah, picked two. Um. So, what do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with a selection from Kevin Nesgoda, The Toxic Avenger. Meet little Melvin. He's a 90-pound weakling. Everyone hated Melvin. Yeah, I'm gonna take this mop and shove it down your throat. They teased him. I wanna do it with you. Okay. They taunted him. They tormented him until he had a horrifying accident and fell into a vat of nuclear waste. Transforming little Melvin into a hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength. Melvin became the Toxic Avenger. The first superhero born out of nuclear waste. Yes, the muggers and the rapists didn't know what law and order was until the Toxic Avenger came to town. Holy shit! I don't know what it was, but it saved my life. All right, everybody, drop your tacos or I'll blow your brains out. The vandals and the perverts had their way with the little people of Tromaville until the Toxic Avenger ripped them apart. The Toxic Avenger. His face is so terrifying. We can't show it to you now. You'll have to see the movie for yourself. The Toxic Avenger can bend steel with his bare hands. We're all a kid. Get it? Leap small cars in a single bound. He crushes drug pushers. Smashes hit-and-run drivers. And gives all criminals their just desserts. The Toxic Avenger. He's a hero. He's a fighter. He's a lover. Why, Melvin, you're beautiful. The good citizens love him. The fat and corrupt hate him. Kill that bastard for me. You gotta kill him. Yeah. Will he survive? For incredible, explosive action, you must see the Toxic Avenger. He's a different kind of hero. The Toxic Avenger is coming to your town. Look out. All right, so the Toxic Avenger um, is a trauma film. It's probably it's the flagship trauma film. I mean, 
if, if, if trauma you, is the house that Toxie built. Yeah. Uh, if you if you are not familiar with any other trauma film, you know trauma because of Toxic Avenger. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah, maybe some people might say Class of Newcomb High. Um, I think, Romeo and Juliet. Right. So I, maybe even some might say Terra Firmer. Um, but this this is the one. Yeah, like you this said. This is actually, this is the movie that made them pivot into horror. Because before this, according to Wikipedia, they made exclusively sex comedies. <laughs> I, I believe it. <laughs> um, this movie was made in 1984, directed by Uncle Lloyd. Um, and uh, obviously released under Trauma Entertainment. Um, this movie is something else. <laughs> Most movies are something. <laughs> this movie's something else. Yes. So it starts out in the town of Tromaville, which is where most... Not a real place. No, what it <laughs> actually is is Jersey City. <laughs> New Jersey! Um... Because of course, <laughs> right? Uh, a, a lot of trauma movies take place in Tromaville. Um so it it opens up on the the the, the town. Uh, the narrator is basically saying Tromaville, you know, a a, a place of stuff I, I don't remember exactly what he said. <laughs> some stuff and some things and but uh it says you the, know the tromaville athletic department or athletic club whatever i'm getting there just just all right well you're taking too long just hold your horses let's let's move things along got somewhere to be got yes. somewhere to be can, can i finish can i finish um so yeah the narr- narrator is basically saying you know in their in our modern age the you know the uh, the unfortunate side effect of of uh of our, our, our of our modern age is toxic waste <laughs> because of course yeah there's no way to Makes avoid sense. toxic waste <laughs> um and it just shows like this junkyard that's just full of these fucking boiling barrels of this green goo <laughs> um and uh yeah and that's when it kind of it, it opens up and it comes to the Tromaville Athletic Club um which like I've been to several gyms in my life. I've never in my life seen a gym like this <laughs> where people are wearing the fucking most inappropriate shit. <laughs> There's two guys wearing nothing but thongs and bow ties in there. <laughs> yeah. These two like excessively gay guys. Yeah. Like they're putting it on display. <laughs> and that I think that's that's a trademark of Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah. Is like he he re- like people that aren't just genteel white males like he likes to just put them on show <laughs> even like you know he's a he's a jew and he puts jews on on display oh kaufman really yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's like yeah like this this like i said this gay couple just standing there in these very small speedo things in, in bow ties for whatever fucking reason and women Looking very like chippendales yeah and women um wearing uh like bikini tops it's like they i've never been to a gym that would allow that yeah <laughs> um and just like this movie is a snapshot of the 80s oh yeah but like th- a ridiculous version of the 80s <laughs> yeah like the most exaggerated version yeah of the 80s um it's kind of like uh yeah, women like the, the high-waisted uh like unitards mm-hmm. and 
Um, and it just shows like this glimpse of people working out and doing different. It just looks like a lover boy video, basically. <laughs> basically. <laughs> I mean, it shows an aerobics class. It shows people working on gym equipment. Um, there's people in the sauna. Um, just, and then you, then they come to Melvin, uh, who is the janitor. Now, why does IMDb have his last name as Junko? I've always known it as Junko. In the movie, they say Melvin Friend. I don't, I don't, I don't know. That, like uh, Wikipedia says Melvin Ferd. Ferd, that's what it was, not Friend. I've always known it as Junko. Is it Junko in the sequels or something? I, I don't know, maybe. It's, it's, it's possible they changed yeah, it. It's fucking trauma, anything's possible. Um, but yeah, Melvin, he's the, he's the janitor. Mop boy. The mop boy. Um, and for whatever fucking reason, he is the, the butt of jokes for, for whatever reason. Did you see the guy? Well, he's a dork, <laughs> but he doesn't fucking bother anyone. He's just standing there doing his fucking mopping. Except when he puts the mop in the hot tub. Well, sure. Um, but that, that was their fault for engaging. Him. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, by the way, spoilers ahead, guys. Oh yeah. This movie, like I said, is older than me. Almost as old as Taylor. <laughs> it's a running joke, guys. It's a gag. We we laugh about it. <laughs> Look at that high waisted man. He got feminine hips. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta take my centrum. <laughs> centrum silver, that is. You gotta take your metamucil. <laughs> Keep you regular. <laughs> um, do you want some prune juice, by the way? <laughs> I've got it on ice. Um, let's see. So yeah, uh, he's just like tormented by this gang of assholes. Uh, is Bozo, Sloth, yeah, beat it, Bozo, <laughs> Wanda, and Julie, right? Yes, Julie. Yeah. Um, who are just like the most over the top jerks? Like Bozo's, he's roided out, right? Oh yeah, and he has to, be. and he's like a fucking skinhead i mean not not literally shaved head but he's he's a skinhead like super racist super racist he's got fucking red laces on his boots i didn't even notice that yeah um and yeah there's there's just a gang of complete assholes <laughs> and they're all in the hot tub and they haven't even sp- uh Melvin hasn't even acknowledged that they are in the same room. He's on the other side together. of the fucking room. And they're just sitting there in the hot tub talking shit about yeah, it. They're just staring at Bozo and just like, that mop boy, I hate that fucking mop boy. I'm going to kill that fucking mop boy. Yeah. Mop boy, mop boy, mop boy. Yeah, he's like, why is he fucking smiling? What's he so happy about? It's like, <laughs> just let him do his thing, man. He has no right to enjoy life. <laughs> um, oh, it's not, sorry, it's not sloth, it's slug. I thought it was sloth. My bad. Sorry, guys. Sorry, everyone. Um, yeah, and like, so Melvin is just a, a constant butt of everybody's joke. Um, and you find out that that uh, Bozo and the crew are, um, they're, they're murderers. I mean, they're... They're serial hit-and-runners. Yeah, they, they go out in... I think it might be a charger. I'm not sure. Uh, and they just run over children. 
in broad fucking daylight. Well, the first one was at night. The first one was at night. Yeah, this, this, kid, this kid goes out on his bike. His sister stops him and says, hey, put on your helmet. Be safe. Okay. I do find it funny that they have this elaborate point system. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, there's a bunch of... Uh, it's Ep- epithets know, used. Yeah, but. most of them are, you know, racial profiling. This race is worth this many points. And this yeah. Is, but then she's like, kid on a bike, that's 28 points. <laughs> like 28. <laughs> well, what was it? Uh, something made it double points. I don't remember. I don't remember either. But yeah, something like, like Jews, Italians, and black people were a certain set of points. Puerto Ricans were more for some yeah. reason. <laughs> Um, and then something was double points. I can't remember what it was. I don't remember either. Hmm. Um, yeah, so they're just cruising around and they find this kid and they just run him over. I think it might have been if they were in a wheelchair or something like that. Maybe. That could be handicapped. They were double points. Um, they just run this kid down and he's like, he survives somehow and he's fucking crawling away even though his head's fucking cracked open. And so, like... Bozo's pissed off because he doesn't get his points. Yeah. So he backs over the kid. Not all of his points. Huh? Because not all of his points. Because right. Slug did say it's not full points. Right, right, right. So yeah. Apparently he did get some points. Right. So they back over the kid and just destroy him. Just and then just they smash his head like a melon. They get out and they fucking take pictures because who doesn't want to create evidence of a crime scene? <laughs> right. Um and uh then they take off and Bozo's Bozo's like he's ready to go again. He wants to do another one, and Slug's like I can't go. I gotta wake up early in the morning to go to church. And they're like, Oh, yeah, right, yeah, church. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's see. So yeah, uh, I don't know if it's the next day or just at, at, at some, some point during down the line. Um, I forget what exactly prompts it. I don't think anything prompts it. They were just well. Something he does something. And oh, he catches Slug and uh, Wanda having sex. Oh yeah, in the locker room because that's something you do. Yeah, yeah. He's standing there, and he's he, admittedly he's standing there like he lingers. <laughs> yeah, he's staring and he's laughing like a fucking creep. Like he's about to whip his own dick out and start. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then fucking Wanda pulls out a switchblade. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! I'll kill you. <laughs> From where? <laughs> she was naked. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> um, and then yeah, so so they decide Melvin got to die. Well, not die. They just want to make his life a living. That's hell. true. They just want to fuck with him. Uh, so Julie sets up this elaborate plan where where she, she blinds him. With her untanned boobies. Oh, God. Dude, the tan lines in this movie are fucking unreal. Julie and Wanda both. Julie's were worse, I think, because she was more tan. And so it was a bigger contrast. I I gotta go with Wanda. Really? Yeah. Maybe it was just the way that Julie pulled him out was just, I was unexpected. I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, like personally, I think Wanda was, was darker, like more more tan. And then her her nipples were actually darker, too. <laughs> So just the contrast was just like dark skin, white ass tits, and then dark nipples. Whereas Julie, you know, she's blonde, so she's got 
light her nipples. Maybe it was just the way that she like pulled them out, and it was just like because she did it slowly. Yeah, and so it was like all of a sudden when they came out, you're like, oh, (laughs) it's just like (laughs) like you hear that that whistle, that siren noise you hear in your head when you ever see a bright light. (laughs) Um, and yeah, so she's like, uh, I don't, I don't like Bozo anymore. I want to break up with him. I want to be with you or something like that. Um, and she says, uh, basically saying that she wants to fuck him, uh, but he needs to put on this pink tutu first. Which, you know, of course. Because she loves pink. Naturally. She's like, you put on your pink and I'll take mine off. And that's when she takes off her top. Yeah. So <laughs> she walks off and she's like, bring your mop. <laughs> Like, what are we going to do with that mop? Oh, you know what to do with the mop. There's nothing sexual you should do with a mop. <laughs> Unless it's like a brand new mop. <laughs> because that mop has been to places. It's seen some things, man. <laughs> so he goes strutting out of the locker room in his fucking pink tutu. Well, it's, it's a tutu with like a polka dot, pink polka dot like jumpsuit thing. Yeah. He's just strutting out. He's so fucking pumped that he's about to bang this hot blonde. And then he walks into the pool room where all the lights are off. And Julie's like, Melvin, come here. I'm over here. And so he starts making out with her. Only that's when the lights switch on. And it's actually a sheep. Because apparently the thick pelt wasn't a giveaway. (laughs) Was it a sheep or a goat? It was a sheep. Oh, it was a goat. It had the wool. Juan Castillo had the sex with a goat. (laughs) We were just a couple of crazy kids. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, so the lights flip on. He's making out with his sheep who's got lipstick on and a wig (laughs) and a bikini. It's like they went through some elaborate steps. (laughs) To fool him, they couldn't like get a pig or something, something that's not covered in thick wool, right? <laughs> um, and then it, they just chase him. Yeah, they, they go this on this group of like thirty people. Yeah, just starts chasing him around. It's in the they go like this low speed chase of harassment. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just like waving his arms like a crying baby. Yeah, this, like they're not trying to catch him. No. they just want to like make sure that he hears their beratement. Yeah. So he goes running away and he goes, like, he runs upstairs into, like, what looked like the maybe the aerobics room or something and jumps out of a window. Um, unbeknownst to him, I'm sure, uh, right below that window waited a semi truck carrying, what, half a dozen barrels of toxic waste. Yeah, that were not tied down at all. No. <laughs> it's like, sliding around on this flatbed truck <laughs> Those while, the, truck while drivers. the drivers are doing a comically large amount of cocaine. <laughs> doing so much blow. Like, like their faces look like they have clown paint on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Like they're driving and yeah, like you said, those barrel, the barrels aren't covered. No. First of all, they're not strapped down and yeah, they're driving. The, and it's a flatbed truck. Yeah, they're driving like complete assholes and the, the guy is in the passenger seat because apparently truck drivers ride Right, doubles. I don't know. <laughs> but he's like, you remember that dope we snorted last week? 
Well, I got more of it. And he pulls out this fucking one gallon bag of fucking Coke. (laughs) Yeah. They're just literally putting their face in the bag and just snorting so much fucking Coke. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so they, when when they pull over, they parked right in front of the athletic club. And so Melvin takes a dip in one of these barrels. um, It's like swan dives in. Yeah. Um, so when he falls in, you immediately start hearing this searing noise and seeing all the smoke. And he he goes, like he finally crawls out and lands on the sidewalk, and he's just writhing in agony. Like his skin is burning. He's like getting boils, and like his his uh, skin is turning brown and red and all these different colors. And these fucking assholes just come out, and they're still giving him shit. It's like what a what a stupid asshole! Look at his chemical burns. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just out there harassing him, and Julie's Julie's Julie of all people is like, I think he's really hurt, guys. And Bozo's like, No, he's faking it. <laughs> he's faking his skin, literally boiling in front of us. <laughs> so uh, eventually, the cops show up. I don't know. Maybe they're just walking the beat or something because they just happen along and they're like all right everybody clear out and they're he like he like reaches out and he's like all right man just take it easy he puts his hands on melvin and he his hands he, catch his, fire his hands fucking ignite and that's when melvin gets up and starts running away because he's also just burst into flames <laughs> and he's running down the street and everybody's like look at melvin he's on fire it's like, yeah fucking help him you almost expect Bozo to like once again be like, no, he's faking. It's bullshit. <laughs> Fucking my boy. Fake news. <laughs> <coughs> so he runs the fuck home because nobody's helping him. He runs home and climbs into his bathtub. I don't know, to help ease the pain of the chemical burns, I guess. Yeah, I guess cold water. You must have filled it with cold water or something. I guess. I mean... I don't know that the the water was necessarily like a catalyst. I think it was just a coincidence. But he, he sits in the tub and like you can see his skin's like fucking melting and bubbling up. And that transformation scene was actually really good for the time and for the, for the budget. For yeah. the budget, yeah. Which th- this movie, like the shit they do in this for the what I'm sure they paid for it. Is really fucking impressive. The budget was four hundred seventy-five thousand, which is actually a lot more than I thought. That yeah, that is a lot, especially in eighty-four. But they have like fucking like car explosions, and yeah, shit and like multiple car explosions. Not I mean, one. I know Troma's famous for their fucking guerrilla film style, their filmmaking style. But I thought they just like rented a car, and just <laughs> drove it off a cliff. Well, I mean, well, yeah, sure, but. Driving it off a cliff and then exploding it. Like, that takes, like, some fucking permits. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I don't know. Or maybe, you just run. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe they got some help from the city. I don't know. Being being that they are based in Jersey City, they filmed in Jersey City, maybe they just got some help. I don't know. But um, anyway, so, yeah, Melvin, he's in his bathroom. <laughs> he gets out of the tub and he's seeing that his skin is like bubbling and, and boiling and uh, his hair's coming out um, and he's just freaking out at what's happening to him. Go figure. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you? You know, maybe. I don't know. I'm ideal. We'll see, we'll see where this goes. <laughs> um, Let's go try it. <laughs> you got some toxic waste. Um, his mom comes and knocks on the door. Like, Melvin, what are you doing? And he's just like, in the bathroom like, oh, oh. <laughs> and then like. <laughs> she says my boy finally went through puberty. <laughs> It's like never mind all the like the fucking like melting and squishing. I can't imagine it smelled very good. Oh yeah, and like just the sounds of sheer agony, and then like he's just jerking off. (laughs) Well, it's like there's also the like Melvin, like you know Melvin the the character of Melvin is played by one guy, just this scrawny little shit, Um, Mark Torkel. That's him, and then. Toxie, or you know, the, the actual Toxic Avenger is played by a different guy, Mitch Cohen, um, who is you know probably got a hundred pounds on him and and about another uh, an extra foot. Um, so yeah, as he mutates, he like turns into this fucking hulking beast, and it like goes from and that's when his mom's like, "Oh, my boy finally hit puberty." <laughs> This involves a little bit of investigation, Mom. You'd think, yeah. <laughs> um, so Melvin, he he goes on the hunt, I guess, uh, because elsewhere in the city, there's this group of drug dealers, Cigar Face. <laughs> um, Who's very proud of that name. Yeah. And then Knuckles. And Nipples. And Nipples. <laughs> Nipples is a transsexual uh, who knows karate, I guess. I <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, but it's like, like making no attempts to pass, whatever, or whatsoever, because... He has a beard. <laughs> he's got a fucking beard, and yeah. He's basically just a man in women's clothing. Exactly. Which, I guess, cross-dresser? Maybe not a trans... I guess, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Transvestite? I, I don't know my terminology. Didn't we have this discussion before? I think we've had this conversation multiple times. <laughs> probably too many times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure somebody listening is probably like, in all this time, you guys haven't bothered to do any fucking research. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, they, they're standing looking to, to bribe uh, Officer O'Malley, who's like the one honest cop in Tromaville. Um, and... Nipples is not convinced that O'Malley will take the money. Um, and when O'Malley shows up, they he says, you know, tells him to fuck off. Um, or you think he tries to arrest them, doesn't he? There's uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, but they're not having that, so they attack him and hold him down. And Cigar Face takes his cigar, who like that he's had in his mouth the entire time. And he says, you're about to find out why they call me scarf or cigar face. It's like, it's not because you have a cigar in your mouth. <laughs> because that would have been my guess. That would have been my guess too, yeah. Because <laughs> you have a cigar coming out of your face. <laughs> um, and that's when uh, Melvin shows up, kicks the shit out of these um, drug dealers, Um Gives uh, gives Cigar Face a pretty wild knock to the nuts, um, and what like he, what does he? 
he fuck he fucks up knuckles and nipples. I can't remember exactly what he does. But like they're dead. <laughs> he kills them. <laughs> does he kill them? Yeah. Okay. See, that's the that's the thing about Toxic or Toxic is that he he kills fuckers. Like he doesn't just say, "Oh, I'm taking you to the proper authorities." <laughs> He'll just straight kill you. Um which is fine because, you know, criminals sometimes don't... bitches have to die. <laughs> sometimes criminals just, you know, they just don't learn. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly what he does, but um, Cigar Face gets away and goes to, or he, he, you find out that the mayor of Tromaville is like, like the boss. Like he's, he's a, like a mob boss almost. Yeah. He like, he he's runs the drug boss. game or something. Um, and so he gets word of this and he's like, oh, we got to stop him, you know? So he's just, he kind of starts this all out war against Toxi. Um, and then there's these guys who look like they're fucking straight out of dead presidents who robbed this Mexican restaurant. Right. Yeah. It's called the Mexican place, right? I think it was called, it was called. No, it was, it was like a Mexican Chinese fusion restaurant. No, the name of the restaurant was called like the Mexican place. No, I don't think so. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's just families in there eating their tacos, but they also serve milkshakes and pizza. <laughs> like you never, you don't actually see. Okay, you're right. It was the Mexican place. They, you don't actually see. Um. Anybody drinking a milkshake or eating pizza? But they do have a milkshake machine, which comes into play later, um, and a pizza oven, which also comes into play later. Anyway, so yeah, this the gang of assholes. <laughs> three guys break in, um, and what are their names? Uh, it's like Leroy, Frank, and Rico. Uh, and Leroy is the only guy you'd recognize, I think. Uh, is Pat. Pat Kirkpatrick, Pat Kirkpatrick, Kilpatrick, Kilpatrick. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've seen him in something. He's just that that one guy who always plays the asshole. <laughs> um, yeah. What was the deal with them? Like, like Frank and Leroy both had face paint for whatever fucking reason. Yeah. Leroy had his whole like he was wearing like this red singlet with like a black jumpsuit under it, or not not jump, but like a I don't know, like, I don't know. He's wearing like red and black spandex for whatever fucking reason. Yeah, and he had half his face painted red. <laughs> Why? I don't know. And then fucking Rico, who is like the crazy guy, but also knows karate, apparently. <laughs> yep. Just random people knowing fucking karate in this movie. Um. Yeah, so they start attacking people. Leroy shoots a guy with a shotgun through the chest, and um, then we meet Sarah, who's a blind girl. She's there eating her tacos with her seeing-eye dog, and then um, Frank realizes that she's blind, so he goes over to start fucking with her. Um, Literally. Yeah. (laughs) He tries to rape her. Yeah. He, He fucking pulls her and bends her over the table, rips off her dress, and he says... Hey, Leroy, I always wanted to cornhole, cornhole me a blind bitch. It's like, why? Wow. Why? What is what is it about a blind chick that makes you want to fuck her in the ass? <laughs> I'm I'm not seeing I'm not seeing the connection here. Yeah, I don't get the appeal. 
It was the court old online page. Oh, Jesus. But luckily, uh, Toxie shows up just in time. Fucks these assholes up. Um, what does he do to Leroy? He, he, so he, yeah, he throws Leroy around. Um, then he makes a milkshake in his mouth yeah. <laughs> and then puts his, like puts the, the arm or the, the wand of the, um, milkshake machine, like into his mouth and basically blends the inside of his face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, then Rico, he, who, after a valiant attempt to beat him. <laughs> And this is like the first of many just nut shots that Toxie takes. Like he's constantly getting hit in the pills. <laughs> and, but yeah, Rico tries to fight back, um, but eventually Toxie gets the upper hand and takes him, <laughs> pins his hand hands into a fire basket, like bends the basket around his hands and f- like... I don't know what, what what the fuck are those pipes? Like he bends some pipes yeah, down. I'm not sure what those down, were, but puts his hands into the fryer, which kills him. I guess he puts his face in there too. No, he didn't. I swear he did. Like mm. he he was like boiling his hands for a while, and then he just threw his face in there too. Nope. Oh, <laughs> he just kind of passes out, and I guess he's dead. All right. Maybe he bled out. I don't know. And then Frank, after getting his arm ripped off. And getting beaten, beaten about, with it. Yeah, beaten about the face with it. Um, then he gets then he gets thrown in the pizza oven. Uh, so that's fun. And then Toxie takes Sarah home. Um, and then the the is that when that kind of leads into like this romantic montage or is that yeah when, okay where they basically start dating? I yeah. Guess. Because she doesn't know that he's a hideous freak. <laughs> and there's a like really awkward sex scene. It is really awkward. Mostly because Toxie keeps his clothes on. Yeah. But is like fully thrusting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just wanted to pull it through the hole in his underwear. Maybe. <laughs> um so back to the um the health club. Um, Wanda's in the sauna and Toxie comes after her wearing like this sack over his head. Um, like, see, Slug did that earlier in the movie. Yeah. Like basically he sneaks up on her and then he's like, or she's like, cut it with the elephant man shit. With like just the worst acting ever, by the way. Um, and he's like, I am not an animal. I am Melvin the Mop Boy. <laughs> it's like, dude, that guy could be fucking dead. Leave him alone. <laughs> just continuously an asshole. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, days after this, Melvin, your Toxie, shows up. He's wearing like the same sack over his head. He wasn't there when Slug did it, so I don't know how he knew to do this. But he walks in and Wanda's sitting there in the sauna jerking uh, off, finger fucking herself to pictures of slaughtered children that <laughs> that they took after they ran that kid over. Um and then he <laughs> he goes in and he picks Wanda up and sits her down on the hot rocks in the sauna. 
Which kills her. Yeah, and then she's dead. <laughs> because she got burns on her ass that probably weren't all that bad. <laughs> because like third degree, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Definitely not enough to like melt skin off because those fucking hot rocks don't get that hot. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so... Um, then... <laughs> Later on, Bozo and uh, uh, Slug are, or no, so he goes after Julie next, who was in the locker room, and he sneaks up on her. And then just so happens, like, after he's kind of gained this reputation for himself of being, like, a hero, um, he is caught (laughs) trying to kill Julie. (laughs) Um, Because he's gone around town, like, saving people and, you know, trying to help out here and there, helping old little ladies cross the street. Like, Well, like people know that he's killing people, but they're like, he only kills bad guys, so it's okay. Yeah. But then he's like found killing this this woman in the locker, or tr- attempting to kill this woman in the locker room. And it kind of starts this, this spin, or this, this cycle of uh, him having a bad public image. Yeah. Um, but he chases Julie down and eventually kills her. Oh, and then he kills a drug dealer. Like in front of everyone, <laughs> like in the gym, this guy, he, he works for the mayor. Oh, right. And he's handing out Coke, I assume, to, to everybody. And he takes uh, this bench press machine, takes him in this bench press machine, lifts up the stack. And anybody that's used like a gym, excuse me, a gym machine knows that like there's that big metal spike that goes down the middle of the weight stack. He lifts it up. Puts the guy's head under it and brings it down. And the guy's not only gets a spike through the head, but then his whole skull just like caves in. Yeah. And he just has half a head and his tongue is just like. Yeah. It's It's so grim. It's like for cheap 80s special effects. That was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah. So later on, he um, or Slug and Bozo are, I assume, waiting on Julie. Um, Yeah. Because she was supposed to bring the car. Right. She never shows up, so they decide to go steal a car. Bludgeon an old woman to death with her own cane again in broad daylight. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking New Jersey, man. (laughs) Yeah, they go up to her, say, Oh, can we help you? She's like coming back from the grocery store or something. She's got a bag of groceries with her. Can we help you with that? And takes the groceries, and then Bozo takes her cane and then hands it to (laughs) and just, just. Fucking uppercuts her in the gut, and then Slug just beats her, presumably to death, with her own cane. Yeah. And then they steal her car. And that's where Melvin shows up, jumps on top of the car, and goes on this, like, high-speed thing through through town um, where they're trying to shake him off the roof, and he just won't budge. <laughs> and then he throws Slug. Like, after choking Slug hard enough to where he starts bleeding, which I didn't understand... <laughs> Because I don't think that's the thing. Um, he throws him out of the car and gets in and like stomps on the accelerator. Um, and Bozo's like trying to fight him off. Meanwhile, trying to avoid traffic. And uh, that's when Bozo like he <laughs> Melvin steers the car into the, like into this park, and the car goes off a cliff and lands at the bottom and explodes. And then you see Bozo hanging out of the car like dead and Melvin just pops out and just hops away. Yeah. Just <laughs> casually walks away. It's like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like shaking it off. 
Um, so yeah, again, the the mayor, Mayor uh, Belgoody, who's this big fucking disgusting fat ass. <laughs> he's a large, large man. He's he's and like they play it up. They play up him being fucking disgusting. Um, he's constantly sweating, which I that that could have been real for all I fucking know. Yeah, but he's like sweating through his shirt and just being fucking disgusting. Um, and he's just a total asshole. It, as Toxie's become more of an issue, and he's like, "All right, we gotta, you gotta take him down. We gotta, we gotta kill this monster." And blah blah blah. And so it just becomes this this thing of Toxie trying to fight against basically uh, drug dealers and gangsters trying to kill him. Yeah. Um, and, and then, then he, at one point he kills what you think is an innocent woman and what everyone else thinks is an innocent woman in in the uh, the laundromat or the, the dry cleaners. <laughs> right, until you find out she's a multiple felon. <laughs> yeah, he, she, she uh, runs a white slavery ring. Yeah. And like the guy says, like, oh, she runs this white slavery ring. I'm like, just say slavery. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, and the chief of police is a Nazi. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. Uh, again, with <laughs> Kaufman just just playing up stereotypes. Yeah. Um, they're not necessarily stereotypes, just controversial images, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, and the toxic kills this fucking pimp. <laughs> um, who's trying to offer him up this 12 year old girl yeah. for $12. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's like, uh, I got this 12 year old girl for $12. And so Toxie like takes him and pins him up against the wall. And he's like, boys, come help me. And then fucking Bruce Springsteen in the East street band hops out of this limo <laughs> Yeah, I, I was. It was like a fucking clown car. I know. Like eight guys just come out of the back seat of this limo. It's like I know you fit a lot of people in limos, but how many really? Yeah. Like what is going on? But he just destroys all of them, and then well, like they all get in a circle around him with their guns out, including Cigarface, mm, who now right. has his head all wrapped up like a mummy. Well, th- th- that's that's a different scene. Oh, is it? But yeah, but yeah, that, that does happen. And then also Leroy, f- who's playing now a new character. <laughs> He's also in there. I didn't notice him. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, they all get in a circle and they pull their guns out. And then, and then just at the last second, Toxie leaps 12 feet in the air. <laughs> and so they all shoot each other. And oh. he just like grabs onto a fire escape and just leaves. You know, who would have thought that toxic waste would not only uh, give you confidence um, <laughs> in human strength and abilities and um, like... Melvin was completely inept. <laughs> he was a dork. He was stupid. Uh, he didn't know how to speak to people. All that changed with just a little bit of toxic waste. Yeah. Like, who knew? Toxic waste <laughs> sounds awesome. Right? I mean, who cares about the fucking hideous deformities? Yeah. If it can make you a better person. It's like one day of pain and then you're just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, so what if you have to go live in a dumps or uh, in a uh, fucking garbage dump? Hey, you made a nice little shanty. Yeah. <laughs> Nice little place for him and Sarah. Yeah, Sarah fixed it up nice. Got some, you know, new curtains in there. <laughs> Who's the most fucking inept blind person ever? That's because she lost her dog. But she fucking whacks Melvin in the nuts like twice. Yeah. Uh, She's got like 40 canes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, where did I leave off? Um. <laughs> well, after he kills the old lady... 
he decides they got to get out of town because now everybody's after him because they think he killed this innocent woman, even though she wasn't really innocent. Right. And the so, mayor calls in the National Guard. Yeah. Um, calls in a state of emergency. Yeah. And so they all track him down to this campsite. They've got him surrounded. Like, the entire town is aware of it, too. And they're, they're you know, he's their hero. So he, they, they don't want him to die. So they also, they all come to this campsite to try and defend him. But, like, there's the National Guard, there's the police force, there's all these fucking gangsters that work for the mayor. <laughs> um, and you got all these people in this, like, I heart the monster shirts. Yeah. Um, I mean, and there's a fucking tank, like, pointed directly at this <laughs> tiny little tent. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Toxie comes out and faces it, and the mayor's like, kill him, kill him, kill him. And then all the people that he s- saved run out and stand in front of him and say, you know, if you're going to kill him, you got to kill me first. And so it's like basically this big heartwarming thing where the whole town realized, even the National Guard who's been sent in there with orders to capture him, even though the mayor wants him to kill him, uh, you know, they have orders. (laughs) But it's this heartwarming thing where... I fully expected them to just start shooting people. Shoot the old lady, (laughs) shoot the little kids. Because that would just be so fucking trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the whole town, including the National Guard, just comes to their senses and say, well, he's a hero. We can't kill him. And then the mayor's like, fuck it, I'll do it myself. So he starts just trying to load melon full of bullets. And, nothing, like, I don't know if he's missing or if Toxie's just bulletproof. I'm not sure. But it doesn't seem to affect him. And then he goes and pins him over a car against a car and he's like starting to plead for his life and it's like you think Toxie's gonna do like the heroic thing and say all right you know take take him away take him away boys (laughs) bake him away toys (laughs) he's like let's see if you got any guts and in front of the entire fucking (laughs) town he eviscerates the mayor (laughs) fucking disembowels him he just shoves his fist into his gut and people cheer yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they they congr- they herald him as a fucking hero. Like they don't like presumably the townspeople don't know the 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 dark dealings of the mayor. Like they don't know he's like a drug lord. Yeah. Um but it never comes up, but yeah, they're <laughs> so happy to see him die. <laughs> Just because he's an asshole. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> For all they know, he could be a completely innocent man. Yeah. Um but uh Toxie's just like I hate fatties. <laughs> And then, then he's like, officer, get rid of this garbage. <laughs> oh, and that's that's more or less where it ends. Yep. Um, I mean, we've talked, uh, went through the whole fucking movie. Don't typically do that, I guess. But um, what, what are your thoughts? Um, this is not a good movie by any measurable terms. <laughs> Like it's it's shot okay and the effects are pretty good for a low budget eighties movie, but the writing is terrible, the acting is terrible, but that's what they wanted. Yeah, like it's a well made bad movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean Lloyd Kaufman, he's like the fucking king of schlock. Exactly. Um, he's he's like a poor man's uh, Mel Brooks. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. One thing I find hilarious is that like when Melvin is 
like chasing people or whatever. He's like, and then when he talks, he's like, hello, I'm Melvin. Yeah, he's got like this (laughs) dapper, handsome man voice. (laughs) And it's literally like he'll change right away. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and like you don't know that at first either because when he first transforms, he's just this, he's just like growling, like it's always constantly growling. And he goes after Cigar Face and, and his gang and kills them. And then when he goes to kind of help Officer Grady up, he's like, here, come here. I won't help you. Or I won't hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? was that him? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is one of those movies I've seen it a f- million fucking times. I'm sure I'll see it a million more times <laughs> in my lifetime. Um, like you said, by by no conventional measurement is this a good movie but damn if it ain't entertaining yeah exactly it's like i i love it every time i watch it it's fucking ridiculous it's terrible acting the effects are passable um like you said terrible writing um and it does not hold up at all like it's so fucking dated but it's awesome (laughs) like i love watching this movie every time i watch it um I just watched it like less than six months ago, and I I watched it again this morning, and it's like I still love this movie. Um, interesting note that I read about recently is this movie the whole time it was filmed and up until post production was called the Monster Hero. Oh yeah, and they came up with the name the Toxic Avenger in post production. That's why the only time you hear them say the Toxic Avenger is in a voiceover mm. at the very end of the movie. Yeah, it says you know if you're ever in trouble, you you know. You might get saved by the Toxic Avenger or yeah, something like something that. Yeah, something to that effect, yeah. But yeah, the whole movie, they call him the Monster Hero, and apparently that was the original title. Hmm, interesting. Um, yeah, this movie spawned, what, three sequels so so far? <laughs> um, and a cartoon series in the 90s? Yeah. Or was it the 90s? Late 80s, maybe? And now there's talk of a remake? Yeah. That's supposed to be rooted in reality and dark and gritty and... <laughs> Like, how the fuck do you make this movie rooted in reality? You don't. You fucking really? don't. That's why it's probably never going to fucking happen. Um, I don't know. Like, the sequels got prog- progressively worse. Like, Toxic Avenger 2 was okay. Citizen Toxie, which I'm pretty sure is the last one. That was four. Yeah, that's bad. Apparently, there's there was at least at one point a fifth one in the works. It would be called Toxic Twins. Hmm. Apparently, yeah. part two and three were filmed as one movie. And Kaufman was like, this movie's like four hours long. <laughs> and so he cut it into two. <laughs> oh, well, uh, God, we've been talking about this a while. Um, any other thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. What's your What's your score? Uh, this one is hard to, to score because, like I said, by conventional wisdom, it's a terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> but it's so damn entertaining. So I think I'm going to have to give it a... I'll give it a seven. Okay, yeah, I was thinking along the same thing, or the same lines, probably about seven. Just, it's, it's fucking enjoyable. I mean, if you're not going to be a dick about it, <clears throat> and just like watch the movie. I mean, 
I think a lot of people younger than us, like people that maybe fit more into the millennial group or age group more than more so than we do. Like we're right like on the cusp of that. Yeah. Um but you know, younger people they maybe not won't appreciate this as much just because I can't imagine showing this to someone for the first time and having them be like, That was great. Yeah, yeah. This is something you gotta grow up with. Right. I think. But I mean, fuck it. Like if you want to watch just like a fucking re- a movie that is sheer ridiculousness from beginning to end, <clears throat> but also entertaining, um, then this is yeah you definitely want to watch this. And yeah. So double sevens then. Word. So that I guess that puts it in the must watch category from us. Yeah. Uh, so up next, uh, selected by Kevin Trent, um, we have Train to Busan. 맨날 다음이라고만 하고 아빠를 안 보고 있는 것 같으면서도 다 보고 있다 수아 팀장님 기차 타셨어요? 점심 전에 들어갈 것 같으니까 So, Train to Busan is a South Korean uh, zombie movie. Even though they're not, they're not undead. They aren't. No, because you see people turn and they never actually die. But the first girl does seem like she died because but, she like basically died, and then but maybe she didn't. I don't know, whatever. I mean, you see one guy and he's like, well, we'll get to that later. Um, I'm going to do my best pronouncing the names in here. Oh, yeah. See, it's 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 a Korean film. Yeah. It should start out with that. I said that. I said it's a South Korean zombie movie. Oh, did you? Sorry, I didn't catch that part. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a story of Seok Woo and his daughter Suan or Suan. Um, it's... He he pronounced it Suan, Suan. Yeah. Okay. And is is it Siakwu? Sok Sokwu? 
S- everyone S- kept calling his just just call it, everyone just kept calling him Mr. Sue. It almost only said his first name, I think, once or twice. The S E U S E O K hyphen W O O. Soak 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 you. Would it be sock? Because I soul S E O L. That's what I was thinking. So like sock woo. Okay. Yeah, that that would be my guess. That'd be my white boy guess. Yeah. <laughs> um apologize for our honkiness. Um I apologize for nothing. <laughs> He is a hedge fund manager and uh, he's just, he works all the time and he's totally missing his daughter's life. Um, she, him, him and his wife are, are they divorced or just separated? Because at one point his mom says a divorce shouldn't end this easily or a marriage shouldn't end this easily, which made me think they were like in the process of divorce maybe, but I, hadn't finalized it. I got, yeah, separated because like they, had, they had finished dinner, but they hadn't gotten the check yet. <laughs> right. Um, somebody said, it may have been his mom said, you know, you should see your, talk to your wife or something like that. So yeah. I got the impression that they weren't actually divorced, but yet. she was in his phone as ex-wife. That's true. Eh, but I mean, knows? I know that feeling where you just, you want to, you want to separate completely. So you're just like, yep, ex. <laughs> um, but so she lives in Busan, um, Sakwu lives in Seoul and Suan wants to go see her mom. She's, I don't know if she wants to go live with her or just wants to see her, but she's not happy with her dad because he missed her recital. And so he's just um, been um, an unpresent absentee parent. Yeah. yeah. Absentee. That's a better word. Um, I don't think unpresent's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Dispresent. (laughs) Um, yeah just working all the time working for the man on the weekends working for the man every night and day (laughs) down in New Orleans (laughs) left a good job in the city (laughs) Um, but she's like you know I, I can take the train myself I won't bother you and he's like no you're a child don't be stupid (laughs) He's like, I'll, I will take you to Busan. I will take you on the train to Busan. Uh, I'll take you on the titular train to Busan. Um, so, you know, the next day they go and they buy a ticket and they get on this train. And they're watching the news on the train. And the news is talking about these riots that are erupting all over the country. Yeah. And just incredibly violent. And... uh Uh, so, somebody sneaks on the train. It's this girl who's just looks all kinds of out of sorts. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's, she ties off her leg and she just has like these dark veins sprouting out of her leg. And she, she's like walking all erratically. And uh, somebody calls the, whatever the equivalent of a stewardess is on a train <laughs> and is like, Hey, this, this bitch is crazy. Come help her. Yeah. Um, and so she comes to help her and she gets her face bitten off and then she immediately turns. Yeah. The incubation period is almost not minuscule. Yeah. And you know, when, when somebody turns, their eyes go all white 
And again, they get like these dark veins all over them yeah. and their skin turns kind of pale. And uh, they're all messed up. There's also a, there's another person who apparently snuck on. He's this old homeless man and he's just like bunkered down in the, in the bathroom. Just like everyone's dead. Everyone's dead. They're all dead. Everyone's dead. And they're just like, Hey guy, could you not? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) They're like, I think I'm going to need to see your ticket. And he's like, they're all dead. They're all dead. They're all dead. (laughs) He's like, he's, he's kind of the old Ralph, but not really. Because he doesn't explain shit. No. It's be- more of just a, you're doomed. Yeah, he barely speaks. I mean, throughout the entire movie. Yeah. You, well, I, I would say, you probably can't count on one hand, but you wouldn't need many more fingers. Yeah. His, his number of lines, that is. <clears throat> um, And then some of the other people on this train, you've got uh, a couple named Songhua and... Seung Kyung. Yeah, you're on your own with these names, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Almost everyone has a hyphen in their name. Yeah. In fact, I think. Yep, everyone does. Everyone that has a name has a hyphen in their name. That just must be a, a Korean. It's got to be name yeah. format. Of- I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Song Hwa and Seung Kyung, they're a couple. Uh, she's pregnant. Uh, they apparently named the fetus Sleepy. Sleepy. <laughs> because they don't have a name for the baby yet. My cousin named her fetus. Really? Well, I sort of named it. What'd you name it? Garbanzo. <laughs> Did it look like a Garbanzo being in the ultrasound or something? I don't know. I just <laughs> named it Garbanzo. I was hoping they'd actually name the baby that, but they didn't. But they called the baby, or they called the fetus Garbanzo. Just Bonzo for short? Yep. Bedtime for Bonzo. Every, like, like seriously, everybody called him Bonzo. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I think that was his nickname for a little while too. Was he named after the monkey from Bedtime for Bonzo? No, starring Ronald just, Reagan. Just Garbanzo. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to plug that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's also a conveniently placed baseball team, right? Um, and their cheerleader uh, Jin Hee. Who is apparently uh, she's got it bad for this. <laughs> this looks really like I don't want to say how it looks. <laughs> um, let's go with Young Guck. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope that's what it is, because <laughs> I don't want to say it the other way. <laughs> yeah. Um. But he's he's apparently not interested, but later acts like he is. Well, you know, true love is fickle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, uh, catastrophe brings out certain things in people. Boners. Mostly boners. <laughs> Fear boners. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was my uh, my fantasy football team name at one point. Fear boners? Yep. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, right away, shit just goes sour. Um, like I said, this, uh, attendant gets bitten first and then she kind of starts wrecking the baseball team, just kind of runs a train on (laughs) (laughs) No pun intended. 
Okay, some pun intended. <laughs> Boots. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just the, they're you know the train's moving, so they can't go anywhere, and so they're just fools are just getting wrecked left and right. And uh, Sak Wu and Suan are in a car with Song Hua and Xiong Kyung. Uh, no, wait, I take that back. Um, Suan is hiding in the bathroom with Seung Kyung. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're texting with Song Hua and Sak Wu. And they're saying, we're in car 13. Come help us. And then uh, Young Guk says that everyone is hunkered down in car 15. And they look up and they're in car 9. Right. So they're like, well, shit. <laughs> Don't. But so they uh, get this brilliant idea. They're going to wrap up their arms. And they put you know clothing around their arms and they wrap it up with tape. Which I didn't understand why Song Hua took off his jacket. Like, you, you've got covering on already. Leave that on. Yeah. Uh, and then Song Hua is like, all right, I'm going to go first. Uh, Young Guk with the baseball bat, you go in the middle. It's like, no, no, put the guy with the baseball bat in the front. Yeah, but he didn't go in the middle. He went in the back. Yeah. So, so, Sok Wu. Sok Wu. That's the main guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was in the middle. Yeah. Even though Sung Hua told him to go in the back. Right. Because he was like, you're used to leaving people behind because you're a fun manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just hands him shit the entire movie. Yeah. Because, I mean, he started out on a bad note because when the, the zombies first start taking over the train, um, what was it? uh they're they're going they're all piling into a, a train car and oh, he shuts the he door, shuts the door on him and him and his wife <laughs> like uh suan says no i know them let him in so he opens the door lets him in then he's like hey uh asshole you think you might have an apology for me <laughs> yeah he's like for what <laughs> you just shut the door in my fucking face and he's a big fucking dude and Honestly, I probably would have punched him, but he doesn't. He 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 exercises. You would have punched straight. who? Uh, Sokwu. Oh yeah, I probably would have too. It's funny that Suan was like, "I know them." When really, she, the only reason she knows them is because she was trying to go to the bathroom and they were in line. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> going to the bathroom. There's two people pissing. Go to the other bathroom. <laughs> he actually says that to a little girl. Yeah, but it was. I guess by two people he means her and her fetus. Because she was the only one in the bathroom. Well, there were, there were two bathrooms. Oh, was there one on either side? I think so. Oh, okay. But yeah, so that meant Suan knew them. Right. They were, they were friends now. Yeah. Homies. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they fight their way through the cars. One thing that's interesting about this is most of the time zombie movies make it seem like zombies are driven by a sense of smell. Yeah. Not the case in this at all. Yeah, and this was interesting. It was an interesting take. Yeah, it was much more about sight. And sight and sound. Yeah. They they had seemed like very sharp sense of sound, very poor sense of sight. Mm-hmm. And I'll let you elaborate on that. Um I don't really want to give away the scene, but when they go through tunnels, the zombies just kind of like lose track of them. 
Yeah, it's like the the, the darkness just completely confounds them. Yeah, and uh, like when they first get in the car, and uh, I think it's Sok Wu says, you know, they they didn't attack until they saw us, and so somebody like takes water and puts newspaper up over the door, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the zombies just go quiet. Yeah, so they're very driven by by sound or by sight, and then yeah, they're distracted by sound, and they will gravitate towards that which right. which helps them as they're navigating through this car yeah definitely um but so they there's w- one fucking asshole on this train um yon suck uh that guy's such a fuck yeah he's he says he's the ceo of something express Saigon Express or Stallion. Express. Oh yeah, Stallion Express. Yeah. Which what what is that? A bus line, I think. Okay, I thought maybe it was like somehow it was like the company that owned the train or something because no. everyone, all the attendants, seem to listen to every word he fucking says. Yeah, I don't. It's I think it's just uh, kind of uh, a view of just mass mass hysteria and how people buy like they're they're so eager to freak out i mean <laughs> i mean like it, it, it's they'll just listen to anyone who takes charge essentially um, which i mean like you know look at night of the living dead kind of the same thing everyone yeah. listened to the asshole in that mm-hmm. um or i mean <laughs> look at our fucking country <laughs> touche i mean people are just buying this fucking sensationalized not only not only from politicians that are just being like these um these doomsayers but they're buying into the the media hype that's sensationalizing these people and it's just causing this hysteria yeah um and that's kind of what yon suk does is he you know he uses fear to try and make people listen to him yeah and he you know manipulates them yeah and he's constantly um I mean, it's, it's it's obvious. I mean, it's not any kind of far-reaching guess to say that he's only concerned for himself. Oh, yeah. Because there are multiple times through the movie where they're trying to make a getaway, and he says, why aren't we going? Why aren't we going? And people are like, there are still people coming, asshole. Yeah. So he, he's obviously not concerned with anyone else. Yeah. At one point, they, they make a stop. Uh, before they get to Busan, I don't remember what the name of the stop was, but um, and they they get out and the whole place is just empty. They're told the military is there, that everything is is cleared out. Daijan, Daijan, yeah, and they, that they're safe there. And they get there and the whole place is just empty, which in a zombie apocalypse is never a good sign, right? <laughs> Usually, you want people, yeah, and they uh. This this guy Yon Suk says, you know, fuck this, let's get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, well, we got to get everyone back on the train. Then everyone else is off. They're going into the station, and uh, bad bad shit happens in the station. Yeah, that's where really things start to come apart. Yeah, and, <laughs> um, I I think it's in the trailer, so I don't think it's really a spoiler. But they they see the military there and they're like, Oh good. We're, we're safe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, but now, <laughs> cause the military are all a bunch of zombies. Right. 
and they're all really fast. They are quick. Um, they're not faster than a human could be. Right. They're not like, you know, 28 days later type zombies, but they are running at like a full out sprint, mm -hmm. like as fast as a human can move. That's how, move, how fast they're moving. Yeah. So, I mean, that causes a lot of pressure on humans that are trying to escape them because they have to move at full speed too. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they get winded, whereas, you know, in, in theory, the infected wouldn't. Yeah. And I mean, like if you read like, like uh, zombie survival guide, it, it talks about the zombies using like the full force of a human ability. That's why they seem so strong because whereas... You they know, don't have pain slowing them down. Right. And they don't have any restraint. Yeah. So like if they, they grab you and they're holding on, it seems like they're, they're inhumanly strong. They're really not. They're just using the full potential of human strength. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the same thing. They're using like their full speed at all times. Right. So... So uh, eventually, you know, they do lose a couple people on the way, but they make it back onto the train, and they hear that Busan is safe. Um, you know, it's kind of they kind of hear the same thing they heard about uh, Daijon, and uh, for some reason they just believe it again because it's, I guess what the fuck else are they gonna do? <laughs> yeah, might as well. Damned if we do, damned if we don't. Yeah. Um. So, um. Yeah. The, the the whole thing is very contained, which is, you know, always very creepy. Yeah. Um, it's very, you know, it's, it's, you can't get away. Like, where the fuck are you going to go? You can't jump out of a moving train. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, aside from a few exceptions, I mean, like 98% of the movie takes place on a train. Right. A moving train. Um. Yeah, so I always, I always give credit to movies that can can make an effective movie in such a contained spot. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's hard not to make it get stale. Yeah, which uh, I don't know. This, I mean, this movie it, it dragged it at times. It it seemed a little repetitive yeah. at points. Um, so this has a runtime of a one hour and fifty eight minutes. Apparently, yeah. I pulled it up and I saw how long it was. I'm like, fuck, because. You know, I've said it many times before, I fucking hate subtitles. <laughs> yeah, and this one was hard because there would be like zombie things happening on the screen and then there's subtitles. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I would need to see what's happening, but I also need to know what's happening. Yeah, exactly. That's that, that's why like foreign action movies are the worst because you have to keep up with both. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's something dramatic where you don't have to constantly keep your eyes on what's going on on the screen and you have time to read Yeah, subtitles. it's much more dialogue-based yeah. as opposed to action-based. But, I mean, that aside, I have to say that in general, I mean, compared to most foreign movies, th this one didn't really bother me all that much. Yeah, the the worst parts were when, it, like, news reports. Yeah. And it would have the translation of whatever the headline on the news report was. Mm -hmm. But it's like, that's when the most action is happening because it's a news report yeah. explaining what's going on. Right. Um, and I don't know. I mean, they're, they're real characters. Yeah. Like, none, none of them seemed fantastical. No, they're pretty relatable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, particularly... Uh, um, 
Sakwu. Sakwu and Suan. Um, very not not re- not relatable, I guess, but um, unless you're in that situation. But you know, a, a father that works too much, a daughter who's getting to that age where she's old enough to resent him for it. Yeah. Um, I love the interaction between Sok Wu and Song uh, Seng Hua. That just Song Hua, the whole movie is just calling him asshole and jerk yeah. and. <laughs> Yeah, it's like never, never gives up that, you know, shutting the door in his face. Yeah. And there's one part where, uh, and it's like, cause he, uh, Song Hua. Song Hua. No, no. The other guy. Sok Wu. Sok Wu. God, I can't fucking commit that to memory. Um, he, uh, never apologizes. That's right. He refuses to apologize because he didn't think he did anything wrong. Well, until the very end. Well, <laughs> Just, you know, <laughs> take it easy. Which I actually didn't put together until just now. <laughs> um, but you know, there's an, like a, there's another part where uh, Song Hua is holding a door, and Sok Wu is running, and I was expecting him to just be like, <laughs> "Bye." <laughs> <laughs> like right before that, Sok Wu has a, a zombie on top of him, mm-hmm. and he's like holding him back because he puts a book in his mouth. Yeah, and he's just holding him by this book, and I was like, "Dude, monkey flip." <laughs> Why does no one ever do a monkey flip? <laughs> and then who was it who like runs by and just puts like this giant duffel bag over the zombie? Yeah, that was the homeless man. Was it okay? Yeah, and then he's yeah, uh, s- uh shit. Songhua? Songhua. Um he um Yeah, he's standing there at the door. He's like, "Hey asshole, come on." <laughs> yeah. Um I think, you know, Zombie movies always kind of have this underlying social storyline, which I think is, you know, something that probably Romero started with everything else that he started with zombie movies. But I think this one is mostly about like self-sacrifice and like the betterment of others. Sure. Yeah. Um, It's very prevalent in the, you know, between Sokwu and Suan. You know, the whole, the whole thing is he's this absentee father who, he he wants to work super hard so she has this great life, but at the same time, him not being there is is killing her. Yeah, and Sang Hua, he actually recognizes that. He says, you know, she'll get to an age where she will respect the sacrifices you've made. Yeah. Which I think parents that want to give their kids everything, which I think is probably every parent to to an extent. Sure. Um. I think there are some parents that, you know, all good parents want to give their kids everything, I think. The difference between good parents and great parents, I think, are the people that recognize what is okay to be given and what needs to be earned. Yeah. But, um... Seems like a fair statement. Yeah. But I think, yeah, uh... Sukwu, um, he's he's just he's working himself to the bone to create a good life for Sun uh, Suan Suan, um, and just doesn't realize that how what he's doing to their relationship in the process. Yeah, so <laughs> there's these two old ladies. <laughs> they were hilarious. <laughs> 
Um, like throughout this whole thing, they're just like these two bitter old ladies. Yeah, just just bickering. bitching back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> One of them was like, "Here, have a seat." And she's like, "You're older than me. You sit down." <laughs> uh they were great um i i felt my one thing that bothered me and you know i know it's a zombie movie and there's a suspend a certain expected suspension of disbelief but the inconsistencies in the incubation bothered me yeah because like the first girl like the one that kind of started the infection on the train she like was convulsing and then she presumably died and then you know upwards around a minute later she reanimates most people then it's all, it's like instantaneous they bite or they're they're bitten and then they come back like they come out come out as a zombie yeah like um, at one point there's a character who gets bitten and they're they're fighting back the zombies, mm-hmm. and they they actually pick up one of the zombies and like use them as a shield. Yeah, but then like while they're fighting the the zombies, they turn. Okay, I don't remember that part. Yeah, you like you actually see their eyes just turn white, and then all of a sudden they just join the herd. Huh. I must have missed that. That um, was why I didn't think there was actually undead because this character doesn't ever die. He's, they're alive the whole time, and then all of a sudden, it's just like the lights go out. But see, I mean, that's that's uh, uh, that can just add to the inconsistency. Sure, it it seemed like the the speed at which they changed into a zombie was dependent on how it fit the story. Yeah, that's true. And that that kind of shit always bothers me. It's like you need to write the story around consistency, not the way other way around. Yeah, not modify these kinds of things to fit the story. That's fair. That's, um, that's a fair criticism. And then there's another point. It's like, and this is kind of different, but um, there's a point where there's a zombie that grabs onto the back of a train and is just being dragged by it. (laughs) And then another zombie comes and grabs onto that zombie. And it just starts like this chain reaction of just like basically creating this train of zombies dragging behind this train. And they're really like... There's like one zombie holding onto this rail, holding like fifty human bodies behind him. Well, that kind of goes back to the, you know, superhuman strength thing that we talked about earlier. But like, I have strong fucking hands. Like, my hands are, are like incredibly strong. But there's no way I could fucking. Everyone do tells that. me my hands are incredibly strong. <laughs> I have the best hands. They're huge. Yeah, I reckon. I don't have small hands at all. I realized what I was saying as I said it. <laughs> But no, seriously, my hand, like I have pretty strong hands um, and I, there's no fucking way I could do that. I could, if but I, you're it, also a human being, what you're also a human being, but even for like the, let's say somewhere between 10 and 30 seconds that I could like exert my full strength into holding on like max, I could carry maybe like three people behind me. <laughs> Not fucking 50. Well, I mean, like you said, sometimes there's a suspension of disbelief for entertainment's purposes. Yeah, I guess. This kind of did that uh, like World War Z wave of zombies thing. Yeah. But it did it in a much better way. Because yeah. it's, it's a confined space. So is that like that's going to happen as they pile up 
behind each other. Yeah, and it was it was interesting because they they have a one track mind, and you can tell that just by the way that they approach. Yeah, they're con- they're running at full speed, like a like a full gate, um, with no attention paid to anything around them, even other zombies, and they're running like it's basically two groups that merge, and they run into each other and it just starts this pile up and yeah. it's basically like this tidal wave of zombies and like you said yeah it was, it was like world war z except made done, more sense mu- yeah made way more sense so yeah well i found this movie really entertaining um you know i did think it it kind of seemed repetitive at points um it felt like there was a couple parts where i thought it was over and it just kind of kept going yeah but I did like the ending. Um, I like the way it, it ended. I think they probably could have cut out that second stop. Not the first stop, but the second stop. I think they probably could have cut that out. The part in the train yard? Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was kind of important. Well, maybe. I think there are little bits and pieces, like little five-minute segments that they could have cut out. Probably. To, to just kind of cut away. Get it down, out, yeah. down to an hour and a half or so. Yeah. Um. But overall, I thought it was pretty damn entertaining. Um, this one also is apparently in in the reboot or remake talks. Of course, it is uh, for American audiences, of course. Which I have to wonder if they would, if they remade it, would it still be Train to Busan, or would they make it like Train to Manhattan? <laughs> I don't know. They'd probably give it a different name. Put it on the fucking LIRR or something. They'd they'd probably say like zombies on a train. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> just like completely uninspired stupid title <laughs> yep that's something they would do and they would change the end yeah to something dumb so dumb what did you think did you enjoy it uh yeah i, I mean more than i thought i would um yeah, i'd heard really good things see yeah I, i'd heard a lot of people saying how great it was i was unmoved by it because it just i i don't like foreign films mm-hmm typically um i mean i knew that it was going to be in a foreign language i knew it was going to be subtitles i knew it was going to be a lot of foreign um things that i didn't relate to just coming from different cultures yeah and I, I've, I've talked about that before i mean that but those are typically the reasons that i kind of shy away from foreign films um and this one it felt pretty universal as far as the th- the content in it, I-, I think you could have put this anywhere in the world. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, overall, it was it was pretty good. Like I, I said, mean, you could have easily you know put this on the Long Island a Long Island Railroad, and sh- it, you know it wouldn't change the story much. Sure. Yeah. Um. And I mean, the subtitles wasn't a huge deal because there were so many action. It was it was a action movie. So while most of, the, most of the time the action didn't have dialogue. Exactly. And the dialogue didn't have action. Exactly. So it wasn't a huge bother like so many can be. Um, but yeah, overall it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. You, you got a number? I'd give it a seven, but I'd say, like I said, it's, it's, it was way too, way too long. Uh, it just felt like it just kept going at certain parts. So uh, I'll give it a six. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's my biggest complaint is that it it is too long and it felt like a little repetitive. Um, there were scenes that it was like this is basically just the same thing you just did, but now you're in a different car or something. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I really liked it. Um, I I actually like laughed at a couple parts. Me too. Most, it was the uh, um, Jan Suck was just such an asshole, <laughs> and there were parts you know. Uh, you know, he gets punched in the face, and so and I was just like, "Yeah, hit him, <laughs> hit him again." <laughs> um, but no, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm gonna give it an eight. Oh, all right. So that's gonna wrap things up here. Uh, shit. What's the hell? Is like what? What? What was the guy's the the big guy's name? Song Hua. Song Hua. Um, he was funny. Like he, I. When, he, I, he when I laughed, I was laughing at him. Yeah, I think I was too. <clears throat> but yeah, not not too bad. And I mean, it's on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, it is. Yeah, son of a bitch. Did you pay for it? Yes. God damn it. <laughs> Shit. Well, if if you're smarter than Tony, you don't have to pay <laughs> if you have Netflix. Fuck me. So I'd say it's it's, it's it was, definitely... it was ninety nine cents on Amazon. Oh really? So, yeah, that's not so bad. You, you can buy it for for ninety nine cents. You could buy it for ninety. That's yeah. fucking worth it. <laughs> um. So yeah, I recommend it. Tony gave it a six. I'd say that's that's a recommend as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks to the Kevins, both Trent and Nesgoda, for recommending those movies. Yeah. Uh, if you would like to become a Patreon patron and. Uh, re- nominate movies for future Patreon picks episodes. Head to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Yeah, uh, we don't have the next Patreon picks episode picked out yet. We're not we're not sure when that's going to happen, but yeah. it will. Uh, we just kind of we'll we'll get it into our schedule when we can, right? Because we've we're actually we've got our movies picked out almost to the end of the year already. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like I said, we do do <laughs> do. do. <laughs> uh, <Boop. laughs> monthly video reviews and uh starting next month those are going to be patreon picks as well right so that brings us to the end kids we made it through another one we must leave you once again but fear not for we shall return yes <laughs> in two weeks tony what will we be watching <laughs> you fucker <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know. What are we watching? I don't, I honestly don't know. Uh, well, we're going to be watching The Void. I know that everyone is fucking hyped about The Void and I'm like, oh, I got to watch these fucking Patreon bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) And another movie of my picking. A movie to be named later. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but you'll, you'll find out on the next exciting episode of the, (laughs) oh, cliffhanger. (laughs) Uh, presumably next episode, we're going to have a special guest. Hopefully that's the plan. Um, do we not want to announce it? No, because I don't want to throw him under the bus if it doesn't happen. Oh, I will. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, yeah, so hope, hopefully I have a, a guest next episode. If and not, then the episode after that, guys, is Crypticon. Yeah. Our annual Crypticon episode. If you are in the Puget Sound area, I highly recommend you go. Fucking George Romero is going to be there this year. Tickets are on sale now. CrypticonSeattle.com. Right. And uh, we're paneling. Um, on a on a handful of panels, we thought we had ske- separate schedules, at least partially. But it looks like we're all we're all, yeah. all the same panels. Most of our panels are on Saturday, so if you're doing a day pass, hit us up on Saturday. Yeah, um, we'll have free buttons again. Yes, we will because we still have the same buttons. 
We ordered so many buttons. We got a lot of buttons. Um, but yes, back in two weeks, guys. Until then, Taylor, where can they find us? Easiest place to find us is at graveplotpodcast.com. Uh, we're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and pretty much anywhere else where you can find your podcasts. We are there. Yes. And if you haven't caught it already, go ch- uh, go to graveplotpodcast.com and check out our latest Drunken Cinema we sat down, got loaded, and watched Transylvania 6 5000. Yes, we did. It was a fun time. Um, so uh, check it out. Uh, we'll be back with you in a couple weeks, guys. Till then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Great Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. I'm doing you a favor as I'm dead.